want to go to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to go to chapter 2 and then quickly to chapter 3. Uh, verse Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. For there is, everybody say, there is one God. Look at somebody and tell them there is one God. And one mediator between God and man. The man. Everybody say the man. So we know there's one God. And there's one mediator. There's one door. There's only one access point to God. And it's through Jesus Christ. The man, Christ Jesus. Not only do we have access to His Spirit, to God... Through His flesh, through His name, Jesus Christ. But God has access into our soul through His body. That's good stuff. Who gave Himself a ransom. Still talking about, my mom was an English teacher, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but who gave himself, is still talking about the one true God. Our one true God gave himself, his body, a ransom. Right there ought to tell somebody that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. For all. Oh, thank God for, for all, not just for some. To be testified in due time. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, God, the one true God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And I want to borrow a phrase that Brother Markham used to use, and it was funny, and I still use it all the time. as It kind of messes with people and gets them to think, but I'm going to title this tonight something he used to always say, Thank God. God for Jesus. Thank God. Thank God for Jesus. I thank God. Where would I be if it was not for Jesus? Where would we be if it wasn't for the precious blood of the Lamb? I don't, I don't have to go much further than that, right? Thank God for Jesus. God, we ask you right now in the name of the Lord. That you would speak to us and through us, speak to my heart, my mind, my soul, anoint me, give us ears to hear, anoint the remainder of this service, I pray, and give somebody the revelation of who you are, and their need of you tonight, in Jesus' name I pray, let the church say amen, amen, go ahead and you may be seated, look at somebody and tell them, there is one God, and his name is Jesus, amen, I want to tell you who Jesus is for a moment. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is God incarnate. He is God in the human physical form. Jesus is His body. Jesus is His name. God is spirit. For we know that there is one God. The Old Testament and the New Testament proclaim there is only one God. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 4.35, know that the Lord, He is God, there is none else beside Him. Deuteronomy 32 and 39, see now that I, even I, am He. 
and there is no God with me. 2 Samuel 7, 22. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like, there's nobody like God. Like that, like that old song, can't nobody do me like Jesus. There's none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. God is spirit. There's no second person, third person, fourth person. He looked over here and he looked there and he said, there's no God beside me. I'm the one true God. Everybody say there's one and there's only one. Second Samuel 7, I read it. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. There's none like you and there's none beside thee. 1 Kings 8, 60, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. 1 Chronicles 17 and 20, O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. I'm glad I know who God is. Nehemiah 9 and 6, Thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and Thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worships Thee. There is one God, and everything worships Him. There is one Lord, and He is all by Himself. Psalms 86 and 10, and I've got tons of verses, I don't have time to read all of them, but there are, Thou art great, in 86.10 of Psalms, and dost doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Isaiah 37.16, Thou art God, even Thou alone. In Isaiah 44 and 6, I am the first, and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. You're getting the picture? Isaiah 45 and 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. He's he's trying to make it clear. When he repeats himself, he does it for emphasis. Like if you didn't get it the first time, here's your sign. And there is no God else beside me. He says it a third time in verse 21. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Hold on. Not only is there one God, but that same God is the same Savior. You've got got to catch this now because I'm going to build on it in a few minutes. There's one God. And that one true God is the one true Savior. Everybody say there's just one. Isaiah 46 and 9, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel or my plan shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He's the beginning, He's the end, He's the first and the last. He's the only one that is. Amen. 1 Corinthians 8 and 4, And there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, that's little g-o-d-s, little g, little gods, Whether in heaven or in earth, as there be God's many and Lord's many, but to us there is but one capital G, one God, one supreme, one Father. He said, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Praise God. Galatians 3.20, God is one. Ephesians 4 and 6, there's one God, and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. 
James 2.19, If thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. For the devils also believe and tremble. The devil, the devil and all his demons, they know that there's but one God. They're not afraid of some fictitious second, third, fourth, fifth person. They're not afraid of some Trinitarian false doctrine, for that's what it, indeed it is. They're not afraid of polytheism, but they are afraid of monotheistic people that believe that there is one true God. For they also believe there's one God and they tremble. I mentioned it a minute ago, but John 4, he's speaking to the lady at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, God is spirit. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We know that the spirit moved upon the face of the deep. God is spirit, and out of his spirit he spoke the things into existence this one true God is spirit but this one God who is spirit manifested himself in the flesh there's one spirit there is only one body Jesus Christ our text I read it to you in first Timothy 3 without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God the spirit of God was revealed, manifest, put on display, incarnate. The Spirit took on a physical form, the flesh, Jesus Christ. Praise God. The Spirit inhabited the flesh. Jesus is fully God and yet fully man. He's one God. He's not confused in who He is. It's like you saying, me, myself, and I. I, I, I was having a, a couple years ago, we were headed up north, and, uh, and we stopped in Carruthers to have lunch with, with uh, the, uh, the, the butlers and the fights. And, and uh, Pastor Fight, we were sitting across there having a, having a nice lunch, and, and uh, he was sharing uh, uh, something that had happened in their, in their church, and uh, uh, some, uh, the decision that, would, that was done, or somebody had done something, and they were talking about it, not necessarily bad or anything. He was just talking. And he said, well, I consulted with me, myself, and I, and and we came to a conclusion. So I've stolen, I've, I've borrowed that. I ran it by the committee, me, myself, and I. <laughs> That's what he was trying to say. One person made the decision. He had to make an executive decision. God has a lot of titles, but he's the same. One singular, possessive spirit who in has a form, a flesh, an incarnate, a body, his, and His name is Jesus Christ. Praise God. See, the incarnation was God putting on flesh because there's no way spirit can... You ready? Spirit is different than flesh. You have a body, you have a flesh, but you have a spirit, a soul within you. Your body can die, but your spirit is going to... Go to either heaven or to hell. Your spirit or your soul is going to, that which God breathed into us, is going to go someplace. That's why when he's on the cross and the flesh is on the cross, Jesus is being crucified, God in in the flesh. The Bible says the spirit ascends, the flesh, why hast thou forsaken me? It's the flesh crying out to the spirit. The flesh was basically saying, now I can die. Jesus Christ died, and they put him in a tomb for three days. 
But God can't die. God's a spirit. That's why the spirit had to leave the body, because you can't kill God. That's why we have hope, not in this flesh or this life, but in our eternal life. For though the, the Bible says, though the cankerworms devour this body, my soul's going to be well with Jesus Christ. You ready? Do you know who you are? You are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. You're a soul manifested in the flesh. I'm not a flesh that happens to have a soul. I'm a soul that happens to have a body. I'm Michael Mullings, manifested in the flesh. Y'all getting it? That's who Jesus is. He's God in the flesh. That's why he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why he said, I and my Father are one. God was manifest, manifesting himself in the flesh. It's the intangible, the spirit becoming tangible. It's the invisible becoming visible. 1 Timothy 1 and 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The one person, Christ Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in the person of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2 and 9. I love this. this is, For in him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why I I don't understand. It's people that want to say there's a second or third person. It's plain. In him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. One body. There's still one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One body. We're talking about what a sick concept that would be. We mentioned you mentioned how sick would that be if it, we we you had to have a, a a sacrifice. Somebody came in here and you had to sacrifice or whatever. And and brother Tracy said, "Here, go ahead, Roy. You go do it." How sick would a father be to send the son to do what the father should do? How sick would a parent be? That's how evil this lie is of second and third person. Do you understand? It's not just, oh, people, they're seriously deceived by evil. I'm just speaking like it is. They can tune in on the podcast. I don't care if this offends them. You know what? They need to get their nose in the book until they come out with a fresh revelation and an understanding for themselves of who Jesus is. Because if they don't ever get the revelation of who Jesus is, how can they believe? How can they be saved if they don't understand who, it is, who the God it is that can save them? Colossians 1.15, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created. God said, I created everything by myself. Now it says, Jesus Christ created all things. How can that be? Because Jesus wasn't even born yet. Well, he was some person that was in glory. He was a second or third person. He was, he was on the right hand and the Holy Ghost, the Spirit. This was a third person over here on his left hand. Okay, if that's, how did this person who's eternal in glory somewhere without a physical body all of a sudden become a little person? 
No, because Matthew, and here's what's funny, if God's the Father of Jesus, and Jesus is the second person, and the Holy Ghost is the third person, and the Father's the Father of Jesus, but G, the Father is a separate person from the Holy Ghost, and that's a different person, then somebody's really confused, because in Matthew chapter 1, that which was conceived in Mary was conceived of the Holy Ghost. So who's the Father of? But We know Father's title. Father of creation. Father of Christ. Spirit of who made everything, and all things were made by Him. This same Spirit who made all things manifested Himself, took on the form of a flesh, Jesus Christ. For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. You were created for Him. I was created for Him. The reason why people can't find satisfaction in this world is because they haven't realized that they were created to, to give God praise. And when they find fulfillment in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and understand they were made for His glory and for His purpose, they'll be happy. They'll have the joy of the Lord. Because they'll be fulfilling the purpose in which they were created. And that was for Him. problem is we live in a society that everything is for me, 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 myself and I. <laughs> what pleases me? What do I want to do? If it feels good, do it. No, that's not why I was created. My flesh says, oh, my flesh cries out. No, not my will, but thy will. That's how he taught his disciples how to pray. Not our will, but thy will be done. That's why he himself, the flesh, crying out to the Spirit in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was crucified. Nevertheless, not, let this cup pass from me, but okay, it can't. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. That Word is... The Greek word logos or logos, it's the thought, it's the plan. You ever have a thought? Is that separate? Is that a different person having the thought in your brain? Are you a cartoon character where you got the thought over a person on this shoulder and a person on this shoulder? And the devil made me do it. You got good on this shoulder and evil on this No, it's your thought. You can't separate yourself from your thought. In the beginning was the word, the the logos, the thought, or the plan of God. God always had a plan. He had a plan from the beginning. That's why it says Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Funny how that says that in the end of the book. when Jesus wasn't even born until the middle of the book. And yet it's saying that he was slain before the foundation, before the, the book ever got started. But he wasn't in existence because Jesus is the only begotten, which means had a beginning in Mary. So if that's his beginning, how was he already slain before it ever got started? The whole plan before the worlds were even made is because God had a thought this is going to cause something. Because he knows the end from the. The word. Was with God, the Word was God. That was His thought, His plan. You can't separate Him from Himself, from His thought, from His plan. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14, and the Word, the thought, the plan was made flesh. That word made means to come into a being. It means to be made. (laughs) To have a beginning or into being. And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the word, 
the thought, the plan, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the thinker of the thought had a thought. The thinker of the thought was made. I have a thought, it's my thought. But here's how powerful God is. He can take his thought and he can bring it into existence. Let me, sidebar here, I got I to go here for just for a second. God has a thought and he can make his thought come into reality. He can take this thought in his spirit, in his mind, in his plan, and he can bring it into a physical fruition. And he has good thoughts for you. So that means, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God can have a good thought for you, and he can, when he has it, he can bring it to pass. You can say, well, that's, that all sounds really good. Yeah, but if it's in the mind of God, it's going to happen. He can make it happen. Praise God. Your word, when you speak something, is a demonstration of, or expression of who you are. His word became flesh. Jesus Christ is the physical demonstration of who he is. Jesus Christ is the physical demonstration of how much God loves us. God is spirit. He said, I'm going to create a body. I'm going to abide in my body. And I'm going to allow my body to be crucified, to be suffer, to, to go through all things, to be tempted in all ways. Why? Because I love humanity that much. Just as your word is a demonstration. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth his word became flesh. Do you know where his flesh came from? The heart of God. God loves us so much that he said, I'll manifest myself and I'll come and I'll pay the price for us. John 14, 9, he that seen me has seen the Father. John 10, 30, Jesus said, I am my Father one. John 14, 10, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and one mediator, our text between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, he's the mediator for us. Ephesians 4, there's one body, one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. You have an infinite, eternal deity, spirit, stepping into time and dwelling in a finite human physical form just to save us. Why? he loves us that much why Luke 19 10 Jesus said for the son of man the son of man the physical flesh you see the son of God he's talking about God in the flesh he's talking about the referencing the spirit that is within the body when he says the son of man he's referencing the body that is the, 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 the temple or the tabernacle the host the vessel of the spirit He says, the Son of Man, the vessel, the body has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The body, my body, is here to save you. I hope I'm not getting too deep. 
I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can so I can understand it. Isaiah 43, 10, in the Old Testament, before me, there was no God formed, neither there be after me. Verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Everybody say Savior. This is the one true God who is spirit saying, I'm the one Lord, the one God, and I am the only, the one and the only one, the only Savior. And yet Savior, in Hebrew, Yeshua, this is the word, the name we get, Jesus, literally means Savior, salvation. It means deliverer, or rescuer, or the Savior. God says, I'm the only Savior, and yet Jesus said, I am the Savior of the world. I came to seek and to save that which was lost, God in the flesh. Praise God. Throughout the Old Testament, it was required to have a blood sacrifice. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve fell. The Bible says that God had to kill an animal to clothe them to cover their sin. There was a blood sacrifice that had to be offered. To cover them. Abraham was asked to offer Isaac his son. Abraham was getting ready to offer Isaac. And God said nope. Before that happened. Isaac looked at his dad and said. Hey I see the fire. I see the wood. Where's the sacrifice? What did Abraham say? He said prophetically. God will provide himself. A sacrifice. He wanted to know if Abraham was willing, but he wasn't going to let Abraham kill Isaac because that's not how God was going. He wasn't sending a second person or a different individual. He said, I will offer myself. He said, no man taketh my life, I freely. And over in the thicket, there was a ram. All of a sudden, they noticed there's a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Interesting, a thicket, he's caught in the thorns of the horns. He put the crown of thorns on his own head. He didn't have to be caught to do it. He put his head in the thicket. Not my will, but thy will be done. I'll lay my life down. How pathetic is that? God will provide himself a sacrifice. My, 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 my. Actually, the correct word, he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went up. Both of them together, the Bible says. Fast forward several, hundreds of, several hundred years. You find in Exodus chapter 12, the story of the Passover. They had to have a spotless lamb. There had to be a blood sacrifice. And on the doorpost and the mantle, those that were inside were the blood of a spotless lamb that had been offered were saved. I wonder how many sons walked in that house and said, Thank you, Dad. For the sacrifice. I don't ever want I don't want there to ever be a service or a day goes by. I don't say, Thank you, God, for your sacrifice. Thank you, God, that I am in a tabernacle that's covered by the blood of the Lamb, that I have been bought with a price, that I'm not my own. Hebrews 9:22, and I'm hurrying, without the shedding of blood is no remission. In Matthew 26, Jesus said in verse 28 of chapter 26, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is the why he did what he did. This is why God manifested himself in the flesh. His blood paid the debt of sin to purchase our redemption. Praise God. First Peter 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as you know, 
that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but it was with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Ephesians 1 and 7, I don't have time to go with the Old, Old Testament, all the Old Testament, ever since the Passover, they had to offer the, the, the lamb, the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice, and it would roll their sins ahead all the way to Calvary. But because of the blood at Calvary, it went all the way back, and it still flows to this day. Because Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Acts 20 and 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased with His own blood. Everybody say, His blood. How does the Spirit shed His own blood? The Spirit has to first manifest Himself in the flesh to give His blood. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption that's in Him. What was in Christ? It was His blood that was in Him, but it was His Spirit, the Spirit of Almighty God, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past and through the forbearance of God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the blood of a lamb. Thank God for the sacrifice of His body. Thank God for saving me. Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring this all together in just the next couple minutes. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, for unto us a child, everybody say a child. We know that child was Jesus. And Isaiah was prophesying, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. They say shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah went on a few verses later, or chapters later, down in chapter 22, verse 22. He said, and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. And so shall, he shall open and none shall shut. Did he not say, I have set before thee an open door? And he shall shut, and none shall open. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. There was one door, there was, there was one door to the ark. And there's only one door to heaven. And it's Jesus Christ. He said, I'll, I'll open and I'll shut, and, and I, that that I shut, none shall open, and and, and he said, and I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. He was at the nail in a sure place. They nailed him at the cross. They nailed him on Calvary. The Bible says the flesh, amen, the veil in the tabernacle, the holiest of holies was his flesh. The veil was hung with nails. But when he was nailed on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom. Because he was fastened. Because he's the mediator. As I talked about it in our text. He's the mediator. We have access to the presence of Almighty God, the Spirit of God, only through the flesh, Jesus Christ. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a glorious throne to his Father's house, and they shall hang upon him. This is Isaiah prophesying 
Calvary hadn't even happened yet. Not going to happen for a long time. But all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity from the vessels of cups, even to the vessels of flag. He said everything is fastened or dependent upon him. And Jesus, the Bible says, and Isaiah prophesied Jesus would carry or he would carry our salvation upon his shoulder. Luke 1, 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Luke was writing, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Isaiah prophesied that the key of the house of David he would lay upon his shoulder. We, he, Isaiah had already prophesied that, that the government would be upon his shoulder. You see, in biblical times, a trusted servant, someone that was a servant of the house, it was a, someone that could be completely trusted with the things within the house, was given the key to the king's house. A trusted servant to the king wore the key to the house on his shoulder. There was a hook on the shoulder of a servant that he would wear, keep the key to the king's house on his shoulder. Jesus was betrayed for the price of a servant, 30 pieces of silver. Why? Because he holds the key to the king's house. He is the door to the king's house. He said, no, no man cometh to the Father but by I am the key. I hold the key. I hold the key that opens the door of salvation. No man cometh to the Father but by why? I've got the key on my shoulder. When did he grab the key? When he went to the cross. He's the one that has the key of David's house. We know that Jesus told Matthew or told Peter and Matthew said, "I give to you the keys of the kingdom." He said, "Upon this rock I will build my church." He gave him the keys of the kingdom. We have the keys of the kingdom. The key of prayer and the key of fasting. Key of holiness. There's one key that is the door of salvation, and that is the key of Jesus Christ. That's why there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one door into the church of God. Jesus is that door. He said, Behold, I have set before thee an open door. He's the only one that has the key. He's the only one that can save your soul. He's the only one that can deliver. He's the only one that can rescue. He's the only one that can live up to His name to deliver, rescue, and save. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 7. In Revelations. John writing, He that hath the key of David openeth, and no man shutteth. Sounds a lot like back in Isaiah, doesn't it? And he shuts, and no man openeth. And I know that works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Who set before us an open door? The one that has the key of David. The one that has the key on his shoulder. The one that went to Calvary for us. 
No man can shut this open door, he said. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. People that deny the name and do not baptize in the name of Jesus Christ do not have the key to the door of salvation and cannot enter into salvation through the door. The only way through the door is baptism in Jesus' name. John 10, verse number 9, Jesus is the one that said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the mediator, Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody give God praise. I've come to preach tonight. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. I've come to tell somebody that there is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I've come to tell somebody tonight there is an open door that is open because there is one God who robed himself in flesh. His name is Jesus and he opened the door of salvation because he took the key of David on his shoulder when he shouldered the load of sin for you and I at Calvary. Devil tried to seal him up and put him in a tomb. Death couldn't hold him. Why? Because he had the keys to death. Hell and the grave. Death couldn't couldn't hold him, couldn't contain him, couldn't stop him because he had the key on his shoulder. Oh, praise God. Peter used the keys opened the door into the New Testament church when he preached the Acts 2.38 message. (laughs) When he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name, everybody say, the name of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 14, verse 23, the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled it's God's intention that everyone that's lost come through the door of the house and no man cometh in any other way he said if they try to come in another way they're a thief and a robber the only way people can be saved is through the matchless name of Jesus Christ you'll say well I'll just try to live and do do right and be a nice person and I'll try to get to heaven not going to make it There's only one door, and unless you go through that one door, Jesus Christ, and that's Jesus' name, baptism, you ain't going to make it. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Isaiah 62 prophesied and said, Go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up, and cast up the highway, gather out the stones, and lift up a standard for the people. That's why Jesus said, Go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in, that my house... Maybe full. In Isaiah 45 and 2 Old Testament, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in son of the bars of iron. He, could, he came to set the captive free. 
And he came to open a door that you don't have to be captive and live in, in bondage and in slavery and in sin. But he came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. In Revelations 1.18, he told John, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys. Everybody say the keys. Of hell and of death. He has the key of David, the door of salvation on his shoulder. Because he's the one that went to the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. John 20.31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Everybody say his name. I'll just I'll try to wrap it up with this. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. As such were some of you. I was lost. I was on the outside looking in. I was outside the house. How did I get in the house? But you're washed. But you're sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit. Hold on a second. The name of Jesus, the name of his body, conjunction, and by the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of our God. I know it's talking about baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. One salvation. Spirit in the flesh. To deny his name is to deny him. You can't have spirit without truth. I don't know if this is making any sense to y'all. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You have to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost. Not just one of them. It's all of Him. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily. The fullness of salvation dwelleth in him. Repentance. Baptism in his name, Jesus' name. And the infilling of his spirit. It's all in him. Thank God for Jesus. Let's stand. I hope this resonates. I hope someone got the revelation. I don't know how far this podcast will go, but I pray somebody in Jesus' name receive the Holy Ghost. I pray someone receive a revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. Somebody will be, get baptized in Jesus' name. If they've not been baptized, I pray they get baptized in Jesus' name where all their sins can be washed away. That they can become a vessel of the Most High, a container of the Holy Ghost. A vessel of glory. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank God. For had God not done what He always intended to do from the beginning, had God not robed Himself in flesh, not a single one of us would have hope. None of us would have the Holy Ghost. None of us would have our sins washed away. None of us could have the joy of the Lord. None of us would have any hope in this life. And if in this life, we'd be most miserable, like Paul said. But 
But I thank God. I thank God. Through Jesus Christ, my mediator, my hope. The door between me. The access between me and the Lord. I thank God. If you are thankful for Jesus tonight. You're thankful for his sacrifice for the love of Christ. I wonder if you just lift up your hands. Can you just take a moment right now and just thank God for his mercy and his grace? I want to give somebody an opportunity right now to enter through the door. I want every eye closed in this place. Every eye closed right now in this house. Nobody looking around, but I want to give somebody an opportunity. Jesus loves you. Jesus has set before you an open door of salvation. He has come to rescue your soul from the very pit of hell. He's come to deliver you from bondage, from chains, from addiction. Oh, in the name of Jesus, God, I just believe you're well, you're well able to deliver somebody on a Wednesday night right now in this place. Oh, I thank you for deliverance. No one looking around. I wonder if somebody just would lift up your hand right now and just begin to call on Jesus. My Lord, my God, save my soul. God, forgive me of my sin. God, I'm sorry for my sin, for my mistakes. God, I thank you for opening a door, making a way out of no way. Jesus, I just call on you right now and ask you, Lord, for your, God, for your mercy, for your grace, for your forgiveness. God, I love you. I worship you. I turn to you right now. 
I pray the prayer of repentance. God, I want to enter through the door. I pray the name of Jesus over my life. God, I want to receive the blessing, God, and the Holy Ghost. God, I want to receive your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jesus, I call on you, God. Baptize me right now with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, somebody pray. Somebody call on the name that's above every name. On a Wednesday night, the power of the Holy Ghost right now wants to flow. The Lord wants to feel somebody. Oh, He's opening the door for you that He might fill your soul with the Holy Ghost.